You know, we need to be thankful. We really do. Um, we need to be thankful. Being thankful, uh, the Bible is very clear about thankfulness. It's very healing. It's very, very healing. Um, we live in an extremely critical time. I mean, critical in our thinking. Uh, the world has grown very nasty. Social media has given uh, people this wonderful platform to spew their venom. Um, and uh, just because somebody has an opinion does not necessarily mean it needs to be shared. That's something we need to learn. It's called discretion. Um, and uh, we really should be living with the discretion of the Holy Spirit, showing us what we should say, what we shouldn't say. And I can guarantee you that, uh, I can guarantee that everybody here, we say too much. Um, and it's, that's not a criticism, it's just a nature being human. Like, that's just the way it is. And we're in the process of learning how to have discretion and how to uh, make sure that what we're saying is going to bring health to us and to the people that are listening to us. It's just really important um, that we do not get into the negativity and the, the accusational attitudes of the world and the culture around us. Um, there's nothing more off-putting than an angry preacher. It's very, uh, the world just goes, oh my heavens. Uh, someone sent me a, a video the other day of this street preacher down in the States, and he had a microphone, he had a little sound system, and he had a bunch of people there in front of him, and, and he was just railing, right? Just rah, 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 rah. And somebody was kind of rebutting him a little bit about uh, who Jesus was and stuff like this, and he was over-talking them with this because he had the microphone, right? He was over-talking them and like this. And the person who sent it to me said, I, I don't know why they sent it to me, and I don't know what they thought about it, whether or not it was good or not, I don't know. But they said, what do you think? And I said, the truth conveyed the wrong way becomes a lie to those who are listening to it. And it really is the truth. Uh, the tone and the manner in which we convey what we believe um, whether to our families or to our workmates or whatever it is, um, it just will, it will decide. Not the truth of what you're saying. The truth of what we're saying will not necessarily decide anything. It is the tone and the manner in which we say it. That is what will take people from a point of not understanding but still believing because there's that extra component. There is that compassion, that love, that comes in and says, well, you know, I don't, I don't totally understand what's going on there, but something's drawing me, you know, something is drawing. So it's just so important uh, that we do that, and being thankful is part of that. Uh, we, like I said, we live in a world where being thankful is, is way down the list. Most people are ranting and raving about wanting to not be a second-class citizen. You know how you always hear that? You know, we're being treated like second-class citizens. Well, you should go to 80% of the rest of the world and see how they're being treated. And maybe we would understand at that point that we have become a very, a very um, entitled culture. 
and uh, we have a sense of entitlement and a sense of this is the way it should be, and, and we're used to having the affluence that we grew up with. All you guys, we're all, most of us are of an age. We grew up in a time of affluence that the world has never seen before and will never see again. Your parents, well, some of your parents grew up very poor, but for the most part, through the 50s and into the 60s and 70s and the 80s, oh, my dear, the amount of affluence and money. And what has happened, it has is is formed us or anybody, well, let's say anybody under 50, it has formed uh, a, a people who are used to a certain level of chop, 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 chop. I want it now. I'm going to get it. And uh, to keep that going, what's happened is we've, we are now, the world is more in debt than it has ever been in its history. And most of it is consumer debt because we are demanding a, a level of life and a level of comfort and a level of pleasure uh, that, you know, is pretty extreme. And we have never seen the level of debt in the world that we see right now. And someday that has to be paid. At some point, somewhere, some bank is going to say, I can't keep giving out money, I need it back, and the whole thing's going to fall down. Um, so it, it's a, a tricky situation. We, um, uh, I won't go there. <laughs> thankfulness. It's actually a practice, being thankful. It's not something that will come to us naturally. Most of us are very judgmental, and uh, we, we confuse it as wisdom. <laughs> yeah, we confuse it as wisdom, uh, uh, just pointing out what's wrong with everything. Um, but in actuality, that gets us nowhere, it gets the church nowhere, it gets the gospel nowhere. God says that what truly motivates and brings about the furtherance of the kingdom in this instance, when it comes to our speech, is thankfulness. And it actually, the Bible says, it's healthy to your body. It actually brings health to your body. Now, we've since um, heard so many people in the mindful industry being mindful, the mindfulness, and in that industry, uh, which is a wonderful industry because it's, it's doing something. It's telling us you got to slow down. And you got to be thankful. Gratitude, there's all kinds of gratitude journals and all those kinds of things. Well, the reason that that is so popular now, even though the church has been saying it for 2,000 years, the reason it's so popular is because everything has, been, has gotten so dire that they're trying to find out what can we do to solve the levels of anxiety and the levels of stress and the levels of fear about the future. And one of them is gratitude, you know? And we all go, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, but do we do it on a regular basis? Are we thankful on a regular basis? I think we could walk around in just a general state of thankfulness, you know, you know, whatever. But I think sometimes it calls for a, a real concentrated effort to try to really say, what am I thankful for? What am I really thankful for? And when we do that, then we allow God into the, into the conversation. Um, we're doing our Abide series now, and uh, we're talking about hearing God. And we have to, hearing God is not something that just happens, oh, by the way. Sometimes he will intrude on us, like he'll really intrude, 
you're walking down the street or you're driving your car, you're in the shower or whatever it is, and these, the, a very strong thought or impression will come to you. And thank God for that, really. But if we really want to jump in and hear God in a greater measure, then what we need to do is actually stop down. There's a willfulness to it. There is a opening to it uh, that has to take place. And one of the ways we can do that is with thankfulness. And I have a few uh, topics here that I want to just do a little kind of exercise with you this morning about thankfulness. Um, And some of us, it's going to be a challenge to find what to be thankful about in, in maybe some of these. I don't know. But the first one I want to start with was family. Being thankful about our families. Now, our family may not be what it could be, um, but what is good about it now? What is good about it now, right? And if it's so easy to go to what's wrong, it's so easy to go what isn't yet, it's so easy to go what was done to me, it's so easy to go there, but that all brings death, it, all, it will bring death when we concentrate on that. When we are looking at a brother or a sister, a mother or a father or a daughter or a son, and all we, our main emotion is what they are not yet, then we are actually curtailing them. We are stopping things in the spiritual realm. If we are not, now this isn't, we're not going to gaga land here. I mean, you do have to be cognizant of the fact that they might be uh, gambling or they might be on drugs or they might be living a life that you don't. That's, that's understandable. But that's not what we celebrate because what we're thinking about and concentrating on is actually what we're celebrating. So we're celebrating the fact that they're broken. That will get us nowhere. But when we look at what is, what is good, what is of God, what is and we can see sometimes the potential in them, when we concentrate on that and we celebrate that and we vocalize that, then we're doing some spiritual warfare. And if all we do is pray about what our kids aren't, instead of celebrating what they are, then basically what happens when we get in that mindset, we will start seeing ourselves as what is not yet. And we will start seeing ourselves and everything else in this judgmental, I I think it's easiest to start with our kids, that's just an example, but it's a mindset. If we're constantly seeing what is not yet, what we want to see, but it isn't here yet, if if that's our focus on everything, then it's eventually going to turn around on us too. And we're going to say, I'm not this yet. I'm not here yet. This has not been done in me yet. What a horrible way to live. Listen, I've lived it. And I still have to fight living that. And we are in a faith system created a lot by man. We would be ridiculous to think that the faith structure and process that we are in in the year 2020 is divinely, completely inspired and and Uh, uh, created by God. I mean, God has to, you know, as well as I do, we have to work to let God into church. 
You have to work to do that. You have to like physically get out of the way and say, God, we're going to shut up and we are going to let you speak. Like you have to physically do that. Hopefully he speaks through the, uh, the sermons or whatever's going on too. But nonetheless, there's a willfulness to it. And if we're seeing everything in an unthankful way, in a judgmental way, that'll come around to us. And then all of a sudden we see ourselves as not what we should be. And remember what I always say, we're not what we should be. That's why Jesus came. We'll never be what we should be. But so what do we do with that? Do we just sit around moaning about that? Do we just sit around looking at ourselves in the mirror and go, wow, I am so incomplete. I am just such a incomplete person. And when am I going to find my ministry? When am I going to find what I'm supposed to be doing? When am I going to be like this? When am I going to be like that Christian over on the other side of the church who obviously has everything together, who obviously has no problems, who obviously is very gifted and talented, but not me? Oh, God, why am I? And God's like, you just say, oh, not again. God's just going, oh, not again. Here we go. Get out the harp. Get out the violin. Here we go. And there's nothing God can do. But if the, the art of celebrating what is good in life, in other people, in situations, this is what's going to cause us to then be able to celebrate ourselves. And if you're not able to celebrate yourself, and I'm not saying it like it should be some weird thing that you can't do that. 99.9% of the people I've met in my Christian walk who I've been in counseling with or have gone through therapy with or whatever suffer under this thing, a sense of less, a sense of brokenness, a sense of not yet, just burdening them down. I have been with people in their 70s and 80s who have such a deep sense of incompleteness, such a deep sense of always striving, Instead of being able to say, hey, I've served Jesus for 60 years. <sighs> Everyone else will celebrate it, do we? As the individual? No, we rarely don't. Or somebody who's come through a really difficult situation who can sit and lament the fact that they had to go through that situation and what they lost in that situation. I don't think Job was sitting around after everything was restored. I'm sure he lamented the loss of his children and all, uh, all of that. But we're given a sense in the end of Job that what he was given replaced what was lost. And I think we would be very, very um, kind of in the face of God to say that he has not given us what we need to replace what is lost in whatever situation we may think, even if we have to go to this one thing, which the Bible does all the time. You're not living for this life. You're living for the next one. I was reading this morning in Timothy. Paul said, what is true life? He was talking about eternity. He said, living for what is true life. What we're living here is not anything close to what God is going to have us live. It's hard to explain. It takes revelation. Maybe God has touched you in some way that you've got a little sense of it over the years at some point, one of those moments or, or an experience. 
But trust me when I say what we're living now is not life. Life is coming. So it, uh, let's think about family for a minute. Just think about, close your eyes and think about your family. And I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to start a process with us so that we can hear him about what should we be thankful for in our family. And let God bring the picture. What is worth celebrating? Father, as you bring those thoughts and pictures it might be a person that we're thankful for in the family it might be the whole family itself it might be something that happened to us in that family but father as you show us that we just thank you right now in Jesus name we thank you for this person this circumstance this situation that which is beneficial that little spark of you that was in the family we thank you for that today father we think about our children or our brothers and sisters siblings those in our immediate family father what can we be thankful about our children We thank you, Father, for our children and for that picture you're showing us, that trait that they have, that thing that they did, this person that they are, whatever it is you've shown us about our children. That, Father, maybe they're not as bad as they could be. Maybe they're better than we ever expected. But, Father, we thank you for that which you're showing us to be thankful for. And we speak life over our children. And we celebrate you in them. Father, we think of our friends. Our friends. Those circle, that circle of people that is around us. Father, show us what we need to be thankful about with our friends. As they come in front of us, what to be thankful about. We thank you, Father, for that friend that speaks the truth when it's needed. That friend that comforts when we need it. That friend that is always there and always picks up the phone when you call. The friend that causes us to rise up higher in our character. We thank you for those people that you have put around us, Father, to help guide us and to comfort us and to be companions along the way. We just thank you for our friends, Father. Father, we think about our finances. In a world that is gone crazy about having more, 
Let us, Father God, be content with enough. Father, I just pray that as we stop down to think about our finances, that, Father, we would reflect on how you've taken care of us. How we are here surviving, Father, when so many are not. Thank you, Lord, for the times you met those needs. For the times, Father God, we come through a situation and the money shows up for a need. The fact that everybody here, Father, has a home with heat, TVs, hot water, stoves, fridges, nice couches, separate rooms, closets, conveniences, Father God, air conditioning. Father, we just are thankful today because 80% of the world does not live like this. Help us not to take it for granted. Yes, Lord, we do. We remember our health. That, Father God, many here have had things try to take them out. But, Father, here we are. How you've given us the strength to get through some situations of health. How doctors have had prognoses. But we have found out that, Father God, we're still here. We're thankful for that today. Show us what we can do to be more healthy and to love our bodies so that they're healthy. And Father, we think about our station in life. Father, where we are in life on that grid of social positioning, upper class, middle class, lower class, whatever it is, Father God, where we are, what we are, we thank you, Father. Thank you that we're not chasing a house on a hill. And if we're on a house in a hill, that, Father God, we are thankful for it but that we're thankful for where we are, with what we have, where you have put us in our life. And Father, I just feel to ask forgiveness for any time we have ever begrudged our life in front of you. Because we just did not see how blessed we actually were and are. Forgive us, Father, for not being thankful about our life. And Father, we 
think of our faith, this faith you've given us. Father, do we thank you more or do we complain more? Do we enjoy what you've given us or are we constantly living in a not-yet mentality, striving for ends of rainbows, but to be thankful for this faith you've given us. We don't understand everything, Father. We don't know all the answers. But, Father, you've given us this faith, this ability to be here today, to have you come down, show us pictures in our mind, and lead us into healthy thoughts and attitudes and perceptions. Father, this is a gift. Your word, which is a guide, it is a light unto our path, your word says that your scripture shows us how to walk, how to stay out of the ditches of life. Thank you for that today. Amen. Father, we thank you uh, for this day. We thank you for what you're saying and what you're doing, Lord. And help us to go out being thankful, to just let go of judgment, let go of disappointment, let go of resentment, let go of fear of the future, let go of the pain of loss, and to replace it with an expectation of your goodness in our life. And Father, we trust that you will fill that. You will fill that faith. You will fill it with reality. And things will change. Body, mind, soul, and circumstance will change, Father. We believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just a little thankfulness. Being thankful. Thankfulness. It's so powerful. It is such a powerful force. Um, when you think of, and they've proven that so much of our disease and our illness is caused from the way we think. And we just have to, and it's not easy. I'm not saying uh, we're hardwired to be negative, critical, judgmental, and nasty. As we see when left to our own devices, we're seeing that, boy, the world can be a nasty place. But we're here, and one of the things that should mark us as different is that we are thankful. Thankfulness. And the Apostle Paul says when we pray, we should go to God with thankfulness for all situations. <laughs> oh, boy. Now understand how many, I'm not going to go on, but how many of you know that you've been through life-altering, difficult circumstances, unpleasant, hard sometimes gut-wrenching, but you go through it with your faith and you've come out the other side and you're able to look back on it and be thankful because of what you have learned, because of what you have experienced, even though it was difficult, you can look back and say, good came out of that. Uh, you, really, this is the great gem that we need to have going into difficult situations. Instead of falling in a hump, uh, you know, in panic and lament, say, no, Father, 
you're going to show something in this. You're going to do something in this. And it's going to be good in the end. Because the Lord, the word says, he does all things well. Not just some things well. He does all things well. And it's one of the great confounding things of faith. Is how can something good come from something bad? But God is a master at doing it. He is a master at it. And all he asks us to do is to join him in that mentality. And in that faith, it will change things. And sometimes we can keep situations from developing positively because all we're doing is accentuating the negative. And nothing is getting better. Nothing is getting better. So it's a deep issue, and it has a lot of psychology to it. But God gave us the cheat sheets on it. He said, here's how you do it. Be thankful. Be thankful. You want a better wife? Be thankful for the one you have. And you never know. She might become the wife you never knew you had. Same with the husband. Instead of begrudging him all the time, be thankful. A job, instead of hating it, and oh, I have to get up and go to this job, and they don't pay me enough, and blah, blah, blah. Be thankful for it. I'll go on and on, so I won't. But uh, especially for anyone under 30, start an attitude of gratitude. Do an attitude of gratitude, and your life will be absolutely different. It really will. Um, Time for uh, an offering. You know how it works. There's a basket at the back, basket at the front. Away we go. I think we got some music for the offering. Yeah, it's Toonie Sunday, by the way. So Toonies, you can just put them in the the basket. You can just hit the offering slide and then.